This is Bob Morris on Desert Horticulture. Today I want to talk about pruning fruit trees. What concepts can I give you so that you can walk up to any fruit tree at any age and prune it with confidence? These concepts and more I want to talk about on today's Desert Horticulture. Learn more about Desert Horticulture by signing up for my blog, Extreme Horticulture of the Desert. That's all one word, Extreme Horticulture, and starting with an X. Take some of my classes on Eventbrite if you're in the Las Vegas area. That's Bob Morris on Eventbrite. When I talk about uh, or think about pruning fruit trees, the fruit trees I'm thinking about are usually the um, temperate, what we call the temperate fruit trees. Those are things uh, such as peaches and nectarines, apples, pears, plums, European, Asian pears, and even pomegranates <clears throat> and, um, and figs. Um, those are the kinds of fruit trees I'm talking about. And I really can't talk, at least now, about pruning pomegranates. And figs is, are, are a little bit different topic. But the other fruit trees, including even persimmon, uh, could be mentioned in this topic. So what I want to do is present some concepts to you that I think have been valuable to me in uh, knowing how to prune fruit trees. I was uh, reflecting, thinking back about uh, what, uh, how many fruit trees I've actually pruned in my life. And I guess, uh, I guess when I look at it, uh, I've pruned over 20,000 fruit trees of all types, peaches, nectarines, pears, plums, pluots, uh, apricots, hybrids, all of those things. <clears throat> and some of them, I'll walk up to them because I, I focus on, on dozens of different type varieties uh, within those categories, uh, 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 10 or 12 different types of apples and pears, you know, we're talking about peaches, maybe 20 or 30 different types of peaches and plums. and So I've, I've dealt with all of them. And when I, one of the confusing things I have when I approach a fruit tree, if I don't know that fruit tree, if I know that fruit tree, I know how to prune it. And I have to shift gears a little bit when I approach it. But if I don't have any information on that fruit tree and how it produces, I have to figure it out. I have to be able to walk up to that fruit tree look at it, and decide what I'm going to do to that fruit tree. Some of that has to do with its age. <clears throat> Let me just uh, talk a little bit about, about the age of fruit trees. When we're first planting a fruit tree and it's young, uh, the first year that it goes in, the, the first season of growth, when I plant that fruit tree, of course, I want to give it an initial pruning. If they're really, really small, it's easy. But if they're a little bit larger, maybe three-quarter inch in diameter or an inch in diameter, or if I've bought something from the nursery that's a little bit larger and uh, it's in a container, for instance, and I put it in the ground. And that's a whole other topic. All selecting fruit trees is another topic uh, that I don't want to talk... Well, let me just mention it real quickly. <clears throat> when you... When you go into the nursery, I think in the spring of the year, people are thinking about pruning fruit trees. 
So they go into the nursery, they start looking at them, and they say, well, uh, which, which fruit trees do I want? Well, you've got a choice. You, you, first of all, when you pick a fruit tree, pick something that you like to eat. I don't know how many times people have said, well, what, what grows here well? That's not the right question. The right question is, what do you like to eat? Because if you don't like to eat it, you're not going to take care of it. So let's focus on that. And, and in the Mojave Desert, in the desert area, the hot desert, many of the different temperate fruit trees will work. Will work. And, and you can select any of those. They'll work if you're willing to manage them. But let's put that aside a little bit. So when you go into the nursery and you're selecting a, a fruit tree in a container you want to have as much branching lower on the tree as possible. And it's disappointing to walk into a nursery and you have an idea of which fruit tree you want to buy and you actually have an idea of the variety of that fruit tree that you want to buy and you look around and there's not much to pick from. The stuff that's left there is stuff that really you probably shouldn't buy because if you if you're looking at peaches and nectarine and you buy something that's fairly large in a container 5 gallon nursery container or 15 gallon nursery you want to pick them small to begin with so 5 gallon is going to be maximum but if you're going to do that pick something that's got as much branching close to the ground as possible when you prune you want as many options as you possibly can have Peaches and nectarines, when you buy something big in a peach or a nectarine and there's no low branching, there's not really anything that's going to grow low. That's not true of apricot and plums and pluots and those groups of trees. C cutting them back, you can oftentimes get some new growth to occur lower on the trunk. That's not going to be typical of nectarine and peach. What you see is what you get with those particular. So when you buy a peach or a nectarine, get something with branches as low as possible. And if you don't find it at the nursery, go ahead and buy it online. The, the online purchasing experiences and the quality of the products being sold is so different than what it used to be. I'm so impressed with places like Grow Organic and Bay Laurel and places like that with the quality of the fruit trees they're do, that, that they're providing their customers as bare root and the shipping. Just, you just have to remember that when you get that tree home or you, have it, you get it home from the nursery in a container, it's a lot more forgiving than when you buy it online because when you buy it online, these trees are going to be bare root. They're, they're not going to be, the roots are not going to be surrounded by soil. And if those roots dry out, that's going to severely damage and may even kill the tree. So when you receive those trees online, the first thing you do is open that box and get them in a tub of clean water in a clean container and soak them. Soak them for uh, a good 8-10 hours in fresh water clean, fresh water before you're going to plant. So anyway, regardless of that, I got sidetracked a little bit. But when, you're, when, you're, when you have a new fruit tree and it's small, let's say it's 
the trunk is the size of your thumb. It's real easy to manage because you can cut it anywhere and it'll respond. And that includes nectarine and peaches. But when you buy them big, they're not as forgiving when you prune them as when they are small. So buy them as small as possible with as much branching as low as possible to give you options to prune. Now, when you're thinking about pruning a fruit tree in the first year, the first year, all you're trying to do is get the structure, the architecture of that tree established. You want the branches going in the right places. You want them radiating from the trunk, like as they say, spokes on a wheel. And the number of branches, you can always remove branches <clears throat> from the trunk, but you can't add them very easily. There's no glue I know of that you can glue them back on or glue one from another, uh, from another tree somewhere. So be careful when you prune. But the first decision you have to make is, is this tree, am I going to prune it into what's called an open center, where the center is removed and there are five, four to six major branches coming off of the trunk, and then the trunk stops at around, uh, around belt buckle height. And those branches radiate out. And the purpose of that is to allow sunlight rising from the east to pass over the tree, shine inside the canopy, stimulate fruit bud, flower buds, and fruit production, improve the quality of that fruit that needs sunlight to, to develop good color, and, and distribute that light within the canopy. You have to decide whether that's open canopy or what we call the modified central leader. And that's where it's more like a Christmas tree and you have a central trunk that goes up to whatever height you want. And that could be anywhere. Uh, I like to get it because I plant them in a medium high density orchards typically and the trees are about 10 feet apart. I like to terminate that modified central leader somewhere between around my lower chest area and to upper chest area in that particular range. And then I have those limbs coming off of that trunk in different directions rather than clustered and having an open center. I'm relying on the sunlight to penetrate into the canopy from the east, penetrate inside the canopy towards the trunk. And then as the tree goes over, the center is opened on the top. But the branches are so dense that very little light is going to get to the inside. So you're really relying on light distribution through the branches coming from the east side and through the branches coming on the west side as the sun is going down. That's what you're really looking at. So how do you know if you use an open center, as I just described, terminating that center at around belt buckle height, or a modified central leader. And that really is dictated uh, more by the, how, the, how the tree grows. If the, grow, if the tree grows more like a bush, like they do with peaches and nectarines, then we tend to want to prune them in an open center configuration. If the tree is more upright, like we have with many of our apples and pears and some of our uh, plums, pluots, then we'll prune those in a modified central leader. If they tend to want to make 
a central leader, then we keep it. And the reason for that is we're just fighting less with the tree when we're pruning it. We're trying, because when we're pruning it, we're trying to get it to do what it normally wants to do, but we're edging it in some different directions so that it will produce higher quality fruit. So pruning, <clears throat> pruning when you're first starting that first year, it's, it's 90%, if not all, about the structure or architecture of the tree. You're making a decision whether to open the center of that tree and prune it off at about belt buckle height or even lower at knee height, perhaps. Or are we going to allow it to grow up into that modified central leader and keep it that way? But remember this, it's, it's not so hard to convert a modified central leader fruit tree into an open center as it is for an open center and convert it back to a modified central leader. Once you've opened the center up on a tree, that's it. You really are not going to make a modified central leader anymore. You've made that decision. That's why that's the way I'm going to keep that tree. And you could you could make that decision for several years. For several years, you could take a modified central tree, modified central leader form of a tree and convert it to an open center with one cut of a lopper or a saw. Just opening that center up and if the limbs are going that direction, but you can't go the reverse. So be really careful when you go to a modified center. There are some trees that we know perform better as a modified central leader, peach and nectarine being the example. But sometimes you can look. I've got a block of plums and pluots right now that have a mixture of modified central leader and open center in them just because they grow differently. For instance, on the Flavors Supreme Pluot, that tends to be more of an open center. It's more of a bush habit. Whereas uh, whereas uh, the Pluot that is, not also too, the plum, uh, Santa Rosa, is more of an open center than uh, some other plums might be. So it, look at the tree, decide, if you're not sure, make it a modified central leader and remove the, the top of it somewhere around chest height in that particular area and let it grow up from there. That's if they're relatively close together and not, you're not growing them as huge fruit trees spaced 15 to 20 feet apart. So anyway, the first year then is focused on establishing that structure. I want to get those limbs coming from the trunk going in different directions. I don't want them to shade each other. So I'm making that decision. The second year, when I come back, it's been in the ground now for one year, and I've made those initial cuts and pushing it either towards an open center or a modified central leader. And I've selected some of those major scaffold limbs. Major scaffold limbs are those that are coming from the trunk so that they're not on top of each other and they're radiating like spokes on a wheel. <clears throat> and in smaller fruit, I have more of those. And larger fr fruit, I have fewer of those. But also keep in mind, in the Mojave Desert, you want to leave a lot of shade on that trunk as much as possible to reduce sunburning. That's a big problem for us on both the fruit as well as the tree. 
So that first year now, you've established whether it's going to be a modified central leader or whether it's going to be an open center. And you've also said, you know, I can always come back to that modified central leader at some point and open the center up if I want to, if I feel I need to. So you've made those decisions. You've made some selections on your major scaffold limbs. Now the second year is coming. That tree now has responded to your cuts. It has sensed where there is light and has grown in that direction and has helped you because now you've edged it into the kind of structure you want. Now the tree has responded that first year. So there's not as much pruning. Typically, there's not as much pruning on structure as there was the first year. It was almost all about structure the first year. That second year, we're really trying to correct some things on the tree, correct some growth, remove some growth that was a little bit uh, out of line, <clears throat> and encourage that, that structure that we wanted originally. So that requires a little bit of training. So I would say the second year in the ground is when we're thinking about fruit production, and we're starting to look where that fruit is being produced. But we're, in, we're not really pruning that much. I would say half of it is focused on structure, and half of your pruning is thinking about where the fruit is being produced. The third year in the ground, though, your focus is primarily going to be on fruit production because this is when a lot of that fruit production is going to start and is start to going to increase and, and it will increase over time. So what you're trying to do now is you're building that fruit tree structure and keeping it as compact as possible as it's growing out. It wants to get big. You don't want it to get big. You want to restrain it and grow into areas where you want to be able to harvest fruit. So that third year is probably 90% of that focus is on the fruit production, and we're only cleaning up the structure a little bit. About 10% is focused on the architecture or structure of that tree. So just to, just to cap a little bit, that first year when it goes in the ground, it's all about structure. 90% structure, a little bit about production, can you leave some fruit on the tree that first year? Yes, don't leave too many, but you can leave a few, get some taste, get some benefit from your... It's not going to... Yeah, okay. It's If you want to be really technical about it, it's going to take away from the growth of that tree a little bit. But you know what? Enjoy yourself. Enjoy some of that fruit. Not too many, but uh, enjoy a few of that fruit still clinging to that tree and see what they taste like. That second year, though, is we're fo focused about 50% on structure, architecture, and about 50% on fruit production because we're starting to think about it. And that third year is when we're really launching into fruit production. What are we going to have to do to this tree in order to improve our fruit production, harvest it as low on the tree as, as we possibly can, and still be able to manage the tree? So that's the first concept. The first concept is that uh, first, second, and third year of growth. And I told you a little bit about selecting the fruit tree. The next topic I want to, you know, I'm out there pruning, and I'm really focused on what I'm doing because as I walk up to a tree, every tree is individual. Every tree is different. So if I walk up to a peach, I know where the fruit is going to be produced. It's going to be produced along that 
Sometimes it's red, and sometimes it's reddish-brown, and sometimes it's brown. And I've even seen peach trees that the, the new growth where the fruit is being produced, the growth that occurred last year, that long growth, is, is almost spur-like. What do we mean by spur-like? It's so short that it almost reminds you of a plum. And I have walked up to peach trees and looked at it, knowing it was a peach tree, and I'm thinking, this is more plum-like in how it grows. I'm still pruning it as a peach tree, but I notice, what, what I really noticed is the tremendous variety that occurs in these single types of fruits, whether it's peach, nectarine, plum, pluot, apple, pear, persimmon, whatever it is, you have these different varieties, and they grow differently. If you move over to plums, for instance, pluots, you'll see a whole different type of growth where the fruit is being produced. You'll see short, tiny spurs like you see in Santa Rosa plum that are very compact. They're easy to spot. And there's others that are longer. These fruit production areas on the tree are longer. And it's more almost peach-like or apricot-like. And that's true of apricot as well. Sometimes you can walk up to an apricot and you can see exactly where the fruit is supposed to be produced. But you don't, you can see where it's supposed to be produced, but it doesn't look the same as that apricot that you just finished pruning a little bit ago. So what I'm trying to tell you is this. The two concepts that I think are most important when you're pruning established fruit trees, you're after that third year and you're into it now, the structure is pretty well dictated, although you're reviewing that structure every time you approach that tree. You're asking yourself the question, are my scaffold, major scaffold limbs going in the right directions? Are those secondary scaffolds, those are the scaffolds that branch from the major scaffold, are they growing in the right area? The two things that you're looking at is where the fruit is produced and the distribution of light through the canopy. Those two factors, if you can, in an established fruit tree, if you can balance the light distribution in the canopy and also balance the fruit load at the same time, you're never going to make a mistake. You're never going to make a mistake. Now, how do you do that? Sometimes, what I like to do is I like to go in to some of these some of these major limbs and remove growth, at least consider removing growth that's either going up, straight down, or straight up. Because I want that light from the east and the west, if it's a modified central leader, to penetrate between the limbs. So I end up pruning it more like more like a feather. Now, I don't get rid of those the fruit production areas because I know where those fruit, I want that fruit distributed throughout the entire canopy. And so you don't go back in and you start taking away some of that production on those spurs if there are spurs. But you might want to do that in peach and nectarine if you have the growth going up and straight down. Remove those because remember on peach and nectarine, you're going to remove about half of all of that production area, of all that fruit production area. That's not necessarily true of the plums and pluots. Basic rule of thumb is 
on peach and nectarine, half of that new growth has to be removed after the architecture has been established. Half of it. There's a lot of wood that comes out of an established peach tree when you're done pruning it. A lot of wood. Because you need that light distribution coming in and you need that fruit distribution through the canopy. You want both of it. So when you walk up to a fruit tree, look and see where that fruit is going to be produced. That is key. If you don't do that, you're going to make mistakes. Identify. If you don't know what fruit tree it is, then at least identify where the fruit is being produced and prune it accordingly. Growth that's going straight up or straight down typically, but not always, is removed because we want that light penetration to the inside of the canopy. When we're done doing that, and then we may have some real long shoots that are left, some growth from last year that are excessively long. And what I mean by that is they're longer than maybe two feet long. If they are, then cut them back. There's two types of cuts that you're going to make. One is called a thinning cut. A thinning cut is the kind of cut where an entire branch is removed. Those are the kind of cuts that you'd make if you're trying to allow light to penetrate inside the canopy. Most of your pruning cuts are going to be removal of branches, entire branches. Heading cuts are to shorten the tree and make it more compact. But it also, whenever you make a heading cut, a heading cut is a cut anywhere along a branch, not to a side branch. You have a branch that's sticking out that's two feet long and nothing's on it. You need to cut it back. You'll cut it back. That's a heading cut. Whenever you make a heading cut, the growth after that cut is going to be triple what you removed. So if you make one cut, you're going to get three, possibly even four new shoots to grow in different directions based upon where those buds are located on that branch just below the cut. So those first three or four buds are going to break and they're going to grow. Those could be a problem if they're going straight up or straight down. And that talks about summer pruning, which I'll have a podcast about a little bit later. Uh, and the benefits of, of summer pruning and how to do it. So anyway, you'll want to, to make sure of that. When you walk up to a uh, plum tree or an apricot and it's got, and it's got uh, spurs on it, those are the short little compressed stems that produce fruit, and you can see them, sometimes we get excessive growth on those trees and the tree wants to produce fruit way, way, way at the ends of those branches. And so there'd be big gaps between where the fruit was produced inside the canopy and because of all this excessive growth, there's fruit production. The tree wants to produce fruit way at the end. No, 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 no. The tree should not be allowed to do that. Make a heading cut, bring it back, and when you make that heading cut, make it about 18 inches from where those old spurs were located. By the way, when you have excessive growth like that, that either means you're watering too much too often or you're applying too much nitrogen fertilizer. If you've got a lot of growth that year, don't fertilize it that next year. Let it go. That, that's probably going to be enough stored energy 
nutrition inside that tree to keep it going during the year that you don't fertilize. So don't fertilize that year. It doesn't need to have all this excessive growth every year. You want it to grow a little bit, and then you want it to to be more compact. You want that fruit production closer to where the other fruit production is located. So two types of cuts, the heading cut and the thinning cut. Uh, I would say about 75% of all the cuts that I make, 90% of all the cuts that I make when I'm first opening that canopy up are thinning cuts. When I'm done making the thinning cuts, I look at excessive growth and I cut them back to about 18 inches because I don't want that fruit production way at the ends of those branches. And those heading cuts help to pull that fruit production and build it up on top of each other rather than uh, having big long spaces with no, no fruit being produced at all. So what I'm telling you is this. The concepts I'm trying to promote here is the idea that you, when you walk up to any fruit tree, first of all, identify where the fruit is being established. Know that and be very careful if you have to remove any of those production areas. Secondly, start at the bottom of the tree and work your way up the trunk. Look at those scaffold limbs and see if they're they're still going where you want them. If not, then you may have to do some removal, some slight removal. After the third year, it won't be much. You don't have to remove much unless it's a peach and nectarine. Maybe only about 10% of that entire tree. But on peach and nectarine, every year, 50% of that wood comes out. It's a big job, big job. The secondly that I want you to do is when you walk up to that tree, the other thing I want you to do is now you've looked at where the fruit is being produced. Look at how the light is feeding into the tree. You want that light to enter inside the canopy, whether it's overhead through the open center or whether it's through the side branches and you've removed upward and downward growth to allow, to allow light to come in side in between those branches to get to the interior fruit in a modified central leader. Either way, it will work as long as light can penetrate in the canopy. And then about, about May or June, when, when growth has really taken place and the sun is pretty much overhead, around noon, I'll walk through the orchard and I look at the ground. I don't look at the tree, I look at the ground because I want to see if there is a complete shadow beneath that tree or not. If there is, if it's all dark, that means there's not enough light penetrating inside the canopy and I'll have to do what's called some summer pruning, removal of some growth uh, that was excessive during the year. Though, So when I do that, I want to look at the ground and I don't want a complete shadow, I want to see speckling through that. If there's a part of that shadow that doesn't have speckling, I'll need to remove something in there to allow some speckling through there. But I want some solid light speckles underneath the canopy of that tree at high noon during the summertime. Then I know there's light entering into the canopy. If light doesn't enter into the canopy, you won't get fruit production back inside that canopy 
and the fruit of some of the varieties of fruit trees won't be the high quality that you need color-wise, and they won't develop, develop flavor. And also, another point just in wrapping up here, remember that leaves that are in full shade all during the growing season are not contributing to, the, to fruit production. Leaves need to have access to some sunlight anywhere, sometime during the day. But if you've got leaves on top of leaves and they're casting a shadow over it, do something about it. Because those leaves are not doing any good for the tree. In fact, they're actually pulling, pulling away, pulling food away, pulling energy away from the rest of the tree. They're actually gobbling it up and not contributing at all. So anyway, those are, the, my, those are my tips for you on, on producing fruit trees. If you follow those tips, if you'll establish that structure in the first three years, if you go back in and identify where that fruit is being produced and prune so that you open the canopy for light penetration, whether it's open center or modified central leader, and you prune it accordingly, you won't make a mistake and you'll have good fruit production. Well, that's about it. I think I hear that music. Thanks for joining me today on this Desert Horticulture. <music>